Welcome to Oncology and Technology, a podcast from CareVive, where we're improving the lives of cancer patients through better outcomes. Hello, and welcome to Oncology and Technology, brought to you by CareVive. I'm your host, James Kent. On today's episode, the focus is on cancer care, more specifically oncology. What are the latest trends that will kick off a new age for oncology practices? To share her thoughts, experience, and insights on the subject is Madeline Trupkin-Hertzfeld. Madeline's the CEO for CareVive, a healthcare partner that builds technologies that improve the cancer patient treatment experience and survival outcomes while lowering costs. Madeline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Now, I want to start things off with the pandemic and patient care during a time where, especially in a high infection risk environment such as oncology, safety is a major concern. There's a mix of inpatient and outpatient needs in this area, and many patients will be on some form of immune suppressant medications as part of their treatment plans. So what has that looked like in the past eight months? I imagine this has been a real challenge, right? Obviously, you want to limit visits to the healthcare center as much as possible, yet the very nature of treatment is in person mostly. What are you seeing and where has technology played an evolving role in treatment during this time? Well, first, let me start by saying, you know, thank God for our heroes, our frontline workers who during this pandemic have just showed such incredible courage and resilience in in taking care of their patients. It really is undisputable how valuable our healthcare frontline is to us. You know, in the the past uh, 2020 has been quite a year. It when the pandemic first hit, it was very very chaotic. Um, there wasn't time to implement new technologies. Um, because that's pretty complicated. So, you know, you had nurses and administrative staff, people who, you know, haven't been in scrubs for years, um, who are at the front door taking temperatures, um, constantly being sort of redeployed for COVID interventions, um, which has continued um, with ebbs and flows uh, of you know, the the COVID cases. Uh, most certainly what you've heard about is patients who have been fearing coming in for screening. So um, diagnostic testing and new um, cancer cases um, certainly ha- haven't been identified just because patients have said, you know, they're going to put their screening off until after the pandemic. And then, of course, there's the fear of patients, as you mentioned very astutely, who are on immunosuppressed therapies and fear coming to the clinic. So um, you have that on the patient side as well. Um, Of course, the cancer clinicians are super careful about making sure they see the patients that they need to see and they're helping the patients um, identify clear benefits versus risks of coming. Um, But certainly that exists. Um, you're also seeing much more uh, virtual consults, which I think is something that will be here to stay, um, virtual care, particularly in finding the right use cases in all areas of healthcare, but particularly in cancer care, um, where it's possible to do follow-up consults virtually. You're seeing that, and you won't see that, I think, go away when the pandemic um, ends. And then finally, I think that we're experienced rightfully, 
you know, burnout and stress among um, our cancer care providers. These are really stressful times and they continue to do whatever is necessary to be there for their patients. But I do worry it certainly will take a toll on on, on the well-being um, of our, our of our front line. Yeah, I agree. I have a sort of an inside look as my wife is a frontline worker. So uh, in, in the hospital setting. So I totally understand um, just that journey uh, since March. Um, and I live in a more uh, low populated area. So we did not experience the pandemic the way other areas did. But COVID's catching up <laughs> in this area. And so now, now I don't want to say it's, uh, you know, a four alarm fire, but it, it's a lot different experience for my wife today than it was even a month ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they are most certainly heroes. But, you know, aside from the pandemic for a moment and, you know, the changes that may have been brought to cancer care, how have you seen cancer care evolving and how is Care Vive involved in the changes. Yeah, so that's a really exciting um, part about Care Vive is that, you know, for many, many years, the, the metric of, you know, how patients were doing was based on what's called overall survival or progression free survival. How long were they able to stay on their treatments? And we're getting a little smarter about that now because we're realizing, um, particularly for advanced cancer patients who are constantly balancing um, quality of life while on treatment and how long they survive from their cancer treatment. And that is an art. And I think that is becoming front and center um, making sure that we understand what the patient is experiencing, understanding what their symptoms are, and how can we get in front of them to make the best quality of life um, when when patients have advanced cancer. So that is taking sort of front and center stage with all stakeholders in the cancer care industry. The, the Pfizer Innovation Lab Award is a perfect example of that, where Pfizer is very interested in understanding what's that patient experience when patients are on their treatments and how do we use these data to be sure that the value is being recognized well above and beyond even survival. I give a lot of credit to Pfizer um, for for taking sort of this bold stand and um, really wanting to show how patients feel on their treatment. That That's what the the Pfizer uh, Digital Innovation Award was about. And many other, we're seeing life science companies coming to the forefront, also wanting to do the same thing. And you also, what's of course more important than that, you're seeing cancer care providers all around the country who deeply appreciate how important is the patient experience and they're wanting to make investments to make sure that we're proactively surveilling patients and catching symptoms before they come severe. So it's wonderful to be in a place um, at CareVive where we can really help our providers, give them the tools to be able to stay on top of their patients remotely in a scalable way. You just mentioned Pfizer. So their their digital innovation lab uh, just prior to Thanksgiving awarded CareVive as the winner of their first patient reported outcomes challenge. Uh, so what did that honor mean to you? And more importantly, you know, what does that say about the importance of patient reported outcomes? 
I think that um, it's a signal. And as I said, um, it's becoming more and more important. Uh, we get calls all the time now. So I think it is a signal of just understanding the patient experience, bringing the patient voice into the process, and um, really identifying the value of how the patient feels while they're on treatment. There's acknowledgement from um, the providers, the frontline care team, they're acknowledging how important that is. The life science companies are acknowledging how important it is. And the, the commercial payers, the insurance companies, they all want to know how did the patient feel? Um, and, and they find that data to be super valuable as well. And so I think it's a wonderful thing that all the stakeholders and the patient, obviously, first and foremost, all identify how important it is to feel as good as possible while going through cancer treatment. I want to bring technology into the picture. You just mentioned data. And, and correct me if I if I've misinterpreted this, but I feel like in medicine, uh, information has been very siloed and not very shareable in the past. And that's probably hindered the ability to really look at patient-reported outcomes um, and the opportunities there to help advance care. So how does data today play a role in current and future cancer care? Well, you're absolutely right, because as you can imagine, um, asking patients um, about their experiences and how they're feeling, you know, are you tired? Are you nauseous? In order to contextualize what they tell you, you really need to understand what's happening clinically with the patient. So you need to understand what's their cancer diagnosis, how significant is their cancer, do they have any other comorbidities that are lending themselves to these experiences. There are a number of things that would go into why that patient feels tired or nauseous. And that data historically has been really difficult to find. And we have spent several years finding ways to automate the collection of that clinical data. And I think it's getting better. Of course, CareVive has a strategic partnership with Cerner Corporation, which is one of the largest electronic health records in the country. And so they've helped us. They've made significant investments in helping us to get that clinical context. We're working with a lot of the other electronic health records as well, um, but certainly is a challenge making that, that data easily accessible. I wouldn't say we're there yet, but we're getting better. How does HIPAA play into that? Are there hurdles there? Most definitely. So as part of this process too, you just have to make sure that um, you're protecting the patient data and making sure that it is secure. So, you know, we certainly have put processes in place um, to do that. So it most certainly is. And you also, you know, we um, at CareVi personally, you know, we get the consent from the patient to be able to understand their data and use their data for research purposes. Um, so we certainly um, want the permission of patients to to be able to make the most use of the data. What other areas in oncology or cancer care as a whole do you see providers struggling with that your solutions can play a part in making a positive difference? Certainly. I mean, what we are doing, uh, I would say, is two things. One is we're making remote patient monitoring 
feasible using technology. So unless you have a scalable mechanism, you know, cancer providers see hundreds of patients, each of them individually. And so they need a scalable technology to be able to do remote patient monitoring, which certainly is a positive thing that we're able to provide them. Um, We're also able to provide them with the insights from their data that can really help them improve their practice, improve um, the treatments that they select for patients, improve their symptom management practices. Um, So that's one thing. And the second thing that we're helping with is the patient. So CareVive care plans um, are powered by CareVive's technology, which is a proprietary intelligence system that brings forth all of the clinical evidence, the guidelines, the patient reported data, the clinical data, and our technology enables um, and rules engine technology enables the personalization of content back to the patient. And we do that on behalf of the provider through our care plans. And um, so this is real-time information that's provided back to the patient. So again, this is something that was never able to be done in the past because that provider would need to curate all that content on their own and they would need to um, have a mechanism to give it back to their patients in real time. So we're enabling all of that. For sure. And I, you know, I can't think of a more timely opportunity for remote monitoring than uh, in the uh, situation we find ourselves with the pandemic, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we're having clients who are really saying, yeah, we could really use your help to, you know, at this critical time, you know, to make sure that all of our patients um, are doing okay, the ones that we're not seeing as frequently as we used to. Uh, now, you'd mentioned this a little earlier when you when you mentioned Cerner, but, you know, for those healthcare centers and providers wanting to work with uh, CareVive Solutions, what do they need to know about your services, such as your electronic health records and clinical information systems, and how they can integrate with the systems they already have in place? And as you know, in the world of healthcare, people get squeamish if you can't work within their existing technology platforms. That's right. Um, so um, it really depends on the electronic health record that you're on, but most certainly we appreciate that it all going through the the patient's official record is critical. We have to protect this front line, particularly now, and I could bring it back to COVID, you know, we talked a little bit about sort of the enormous amount of stress that's on providers today. And so you really need to make Um, the workflow efficient. You need to make information accessible to the providers at the right time in the right place. We need to do everything we can so that they could practice to the top of their license. And and most certainly, um, CareVive, I think we are leaders in cracking the code on this. Are there areas in cancer care you feel are still untapped and that companies like CareVive and others can play a role in shaping the future? Uh, The answer is, of course, right? (laughs) Oh, there's so much room to grow. Um, you know, I could put it in the context for, for CareVive. So right now, remote patient monitoring is something that's disrupting cancer care. It never existing, existed before. And so we're working closely with our health system partners to figure out how to do that at scale, how to bring all their patients on, what are the different workflows for the different care team members to be able to do this in a way that is feasible and helpful and efficient. And so um, that's sort of step one. And we're building all of these different registries and all these different cancer types. 
And once we get there and get there at scale, um, then the plan is is to apply machine learning to really look at all these um, hundreds of thousands of millions of data points, really under being able to quantify and articulate um, with data the patient experience by disease, by treatment, by comorbidity, by functional status, and really be able to apply these data to how we make treatment decisions, how it guides treatment guidelines and personal practice, how do we use it to make better symptom management guidelines. Um, So that will be the next step. And then I guess finally after that, then we'll talk about prevention. I think there's a number of things um, and opportunities around cancer prevention, but we certainly have our, our hands full Uh, right now. So you would say that in your journey, you're still in the information gathering stage. Uh, You mentioned machine learning, so that that involves AI, uh, but you're not quite there yet as far as what the data is going to be able to do for you in the future. Yeah. So um, while I think we are the front runners and we are leading the path in helping our centers design remote patient monitoring, um, I think over the next couple of years, the plan for CareVive is to be building the world's largest registries so that we'll be the first to be able to do this. So, Madeline, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Uh, if folks want to reach out and get in touch with uh, CareVive, where is the best place for them to go? The easiest is to go to carevive.com, which is our website, and there's content you could fill out, um, you know, get in touch forms with us. And we'd love to hear from our partners. Wonderful. I want to thank my guest, Madeline Trupkin-Hertzfeld, CEO of Carevive. Thanks, Madeline. Thank you so much. On behalf of Carevive, I'm your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon. <laughs>